Hey everyone, this is Mike over here at the Batman Tastic Cast. Obviously, we as Batman fans and uh, the greater comic book and animation community have suffered a great loss this week. Um, the the great and amazing and eternal Kevin Conroy has passed away. Um, the one true Batman, the voice that we grew up listening to, our Batman. He was a hero. He was a superhero. And he was a terrific and amazing voice actor. Um, I don't know if you've scoured the internet and checked out on social media, but everyone that worked with this man had nothing but incredible things to say about him. I think most of us, when we read Batman in the comic books, we hear Kevin Conroy's voice. He's inspired endless generations of animation fans, Batman fans, voice actors, video game makers, um, you name it across the board. He's been such an incredible and amazing part of the Batman mythos. And he will be incredibly missed. Um, we loved his work. Unfortunately, I never got to meet Kevin at a convention, but those I know who have met him said he was incredible. So we here at the Batman Tasticast, I speak for myself and for Jordan. We want to extend our condolences to Conroy's family, his friends, everyone he's worked with. We want to extend our condolences to those other fans out there who love Batman as much as we do. So Kevin, thank you for everything you've done, and you will continue to inspire us for years to come. Good night, Kevin, and thank you, Batman. Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, The Simpsons. No, I'm kidding. Batman, the animated <laughs> series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. My co-host, as always, sitting across from me, the most beautiful rose that grew from the ugliest thorn, Mike Staub. Wow. That was a Rupert Thorne reference that was because Rupert we're covering Thorne. Two-Face Part 2. Yeah, and I was going to call you my, my lucky silver dollar, oh, which I kind of did that. the last episode, too. But And I my like lucky that. silver dollar, Mr. Jordan Hume. Because Mike and I, we were in a play called yeah, lucky, lucky Dollar, dollar Private, Private Eye when we were in middle school together. Yes. Yes, you played the Rupert Thorne character yes, in that I, play. Yes, I absolutely did. I played the crime boss. You were the crime boss, and I was the plucky detective. Yeah. Sadly, there is no plucky detective in this one. There's only a grim detective who dresses as a bat. That's right. Uh, a crime boss... And a wild card psychopath. That's right. Oh, but you know what? Lucky Dollar lives on in our hearts, Mike. Exactly. All right. That was a, you know, that's a show I've never heard about again. No, well, else. I think, I've, no, I've also never heard of it again. I basically think it was like something you could just license for schools. And, yeah, 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 you know. yeah, yeah. What, what, what fun. We, so, we've known each other for a long time, folks. That's right. So, yeah, so this is the Lucky we've Dollar Private Eye podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, and you're listening to our 11th episode. Page by page. Page by page. Jordan and I have been best friends <laughs> since we were uh, 11 or 12, so uh, there's a lot of... Uh, seventh grade, man. Yeah, seventh grade. So seventh I think grade. I was 12, maybe, maybe 11. I don't remember. Yeah. It was a long, long time ago, but we've been through a lot. Yes, this podcast, like like all of our podcasts, are sort of a sort of a testament to our friendship yes. as well as a yes. full series retrospective so. of the greatest animated series of all time. Right, The Simpsons. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the monorail. That's right, monorail. Um, so if you're listening to us, it means you've already listened to Two Face Part One. If you did not listen to Two Face Part One, please consider going back and listening to that one first before you listen to this one. Otherwise, you're going to get a little confused because we're basically going to pick up where we left off with Part One. Yes. So, uh, Part Two was broadcast order number 18, but actually, a fun, funny little anecdote. I used to see Part Two all the time, and I was having a really hard time seeing Part One. Yeah. And that is part of like the risk versus reward of yes. doing these two-parter episodes, which is that you have to trust that the network is going to broadcast them in the correct order, which they often don't. They don't. And you also have to trust that kids are going to be home at the same time two days in a row if you are putting them back to back. Missing Batman when we were like six and seven years old was the Horrifying. worst. Yeah. You'll never get to... Folks there who, who are watching, who are listening to this, who are our age and understand that you used to have to watch things on TV when it aired or you wouldn't see it again till the summer. Right. If you got lucky. Right. 
So uh, Batman or was you a show, had, or like if someone hit the VCR oh, for you, but like it. it's not. There were not episode, likely. There were episodes. I I was in CCD on Saturday mornings, and I missed <laughs> every episode of the X Men. It was the worst. That I used to have to tape terrible. it or wait till the summer, and they were always shown out of order in the summer, and it was always the same stupid episode. So, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, um, I was sent to a very loving priest, and he touched me very appropriately. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, how you want to unpack that, or not, are you going to turn tonight. into Big Bad Jord? Big Bad Jord. <laughs> Don't joke about my past. Big Bad Jord is Macho Man for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, no, broad, broadcast order makes these things difficult. I do feel like this episode does work better if you're going to show only one of them. It 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 works that you catch the Two Face episode without all the build up. Right, this works better just by itself. Yes. You could you could just show this one, which yes. I feel like sometimes they did. They definitely did. Yeah, show Two Face again. So I remember. So this episode, which we'll talk about in a minute, it comes with like that little previously on, yeah. which obviously most episodes don't have because yeah. most episodes are not two parters. Yeah. And I remember in some cases, I think the previously on was all I had ever seen of part one until maybe a few years later. It was a shame. Shame. Yeah. It was a shame. Um, Yeah. So again, this this is another episode that deals with the exploration of duality and also of sort of psychology. Uh, We have a a shot in this episode where Bruce wakes up from a dream with all these psychology books kind of spread across the bat computer. And I, I think one is even open to... A page that says something like it says chapter five multiple personalities yeah which again i think the terminology has changed yes. i think they now refer to this as disassociative identity disorder I believe so and if i am miscategorizing that i truly do not mean offense this was just yeah. based on a little light research we understand that a lot of these um psychological the terms are frequently updated frequently updated and changed and 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 because we, we learn more right we learn more about them you know and yes. that's that's the thing so, so yes so listeners please understand we don't mean to be insensitive no. we're we're doing the best we can with with the label here yes and we're doing the best we can after hearing certain terms being used for 20 30 20 or 30 years so sure. as, as they change so we're trying sure. to be as respectful as we can you know, to we don't we don't have, have a firm grasp of these disorders but to, to be honest neither does this show no no. This show gives us kind of the most fictionalized, most comic booky version of that. What this show has a great grasp on is Batman. And that's all that really matters for this show. Absolutely. Is that it knows Batman real well. Right. Someone who's totally mentally healthy. Yes. Batman. Totally healthy. Right. Yeah. Um, this was broadcast order number 18 this mm-hmm. episode. So obviously it followed number 17, it's which was early. part one. It's early in the in the series. And that, to us, has started to mean that they were proud of this one. Yeah. This was not like Underdwellers, which they tried to bury, and they're like, just put it as far back as you can. Hilariously, that hilarious they tried to bury an episode called The Underdwellers. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Yeah. I may be beneath you, but nothing, nothing is, is beneath, beneath me. me. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an episode they're proud of. We're proud of this episode. It's great. This is just all-around great television. Uh, in fact, if I look at the IMDb, IMDb trivia... Bruce Tim said of this episode, um, this is such an adult show that I bet kids don't like it. There's not a whole lot of action, and Batman's hardly in it. It's a lot of talking heads, but it works on such a powerful emotional level that I'm sure anyone over the age of six is going to get sucked right into it. It's absolutely compelling. They always talk about the Batman films as being oh-so-psychological. Bull. This episode is compelling psychological drama, and I totally agree. Look at, look at, look at, look at bruce tim throwing shade at the batman movies i love that i also love that bruce tim believes so much in this episode yes. and you had brought up in part one that this episode kind of became the model yeah for like more of our episodes need to be like yes, this one yes, so yes. when i think about later episodes when i think about like baby doll and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. i always think back to this episode as being yeah. like fuck that's how you do an origin yeah, story that's it you so know it's very important it's really really good yeah, and yeah, again yeah. i brought this up uh in our last episode still even though he's full Two-Face in this episode, um, the show does not treat him as a villain. No. They are very compassionate towards him, yep. and he's still a sympathetic character, even though he's become a, a terrifying gangster. But also, it's easy to sympathize with him in this episode because, I correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, Harvey Dent does not hurt a single innocent person I don't believe in this so. episode. No, I think he just hurts criminals. Criminals only, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Um, I don't think there's anything else from the trivia I wanted to bring up. Was there anything you no. initial thoughts for you on this episode? Initial thoughts on this episode. I think it's a really nice companion piece, obviously, to the first part. Um, I do think it's 
it's almost a standalone episode because we learned that it takes place six months after the first episode. Sure. So it makes sense if they would show this here or there. But other right. than that, it's just a it's a really good back to back watch. You know, it's one it of is. the best double features. I double featured this episode with um I double featured these two episodes, uh, Two Face Part One and Two, with two episodes of Harley Quinn. And oh, what a um, nice pairing. One yeah. of which, one of which, as I said in the last episode, had Harvey Dent as two had Two Face in it. Yeah, um, which was just kind of funny. Um, and it's really great to watch those shows back to back because the tone is so different, but both are so good for what they're trying to achieve uh, for yeah. the characters that they're talking about. And um, this episode is just really good at nailing Two Face down, man. It's got Two Face really good. I mean, the way we will talk about this later in the episode, but the way Two Face is defeated is something that is uh, is quite good and quite um, and often used. And, and yes, yes, we will talk <laughs> about that later on. Yeah. Uh, and I really do think this is my favorite version uh, of Two Face. We have not seen the the Batman version of Two Face yet, or whatever the sequel to the Batman is going to be called. We haven't seen that version, but I did like a lot of the versions of the characters in that movie. Um, I like this better than Aaron Eckhart's Harvey Dent in in uh, The Dark Knight, even though I love that movie. I love that movie. Confession, I don't really like Aaron Eckhart's no. Dent or his Two-Face. No, to be, I don't like it. Well, it was Two-Face yeah. for 30 seconds. Right. Uh, I don't love that either. But I, um, I also don't really like the Tommy Lee Jones performance no, because it's just incredibly campy and what can you really do with it's, that? It's really stupid. And so we've not seen in film. Yes. We have not the seen two -face we want. Uh, the Two-Face we need in, in film yet. And the the, 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 um, the Tommy Lee Jones one looked like it's, it's, it felt like it was like trying to cash in on the Venom craze because he refers to himself in the second in the first person plural, which is really weird. Yeah. And two -Face I'm not doesn't sure do what was going that. on there. Yeah. We, you just want to see him burn. Like, what are you doing? There's a that funny apocryphal story about how Tommy Lee Jones told Jim Carrey that he hated him. Yes. Because he couldn't, I think the line was condone his buffoonery yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Listen, go watch Batman Forever again. You tell me who's the buffoon. It's definitely not Jim Carrey. It's Two-Faced. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely respected actor Tommy Lee Jones doing that He won an Oscar like a few years before that for The Fugitive, didn't not he? Not again. No, no, no. No, actually, no. no. That's a lie. He did win again after he that, did? didn't he? I don't know. He was at least nominated for Lincoln. I'm not sure if he won that Oscar. Oh, uh, well, who knows? And you know what? I'm not going to look it up. No, I'm not either. No, fuck he it. He was in April Morning, a book I didn't read in eighth grade. Across Five Aprils? No, I think that's a different one. Fuck. Yeah. What were they having us read back then? I don't know. Trash. Trash. Okay. <laughs> There's some English teacher listening to this right now being like, these are the finest novels I we have. I love Pioneers. Oh, <laughs> Willa Cather. Oh, oh no. Pioneers. Oh, Pioneers. Uh, okay. You know what? I think we're going to dive right in. Let's the, go The in. other couple things I want to talk about I think are going to be kind of in the let's episode get itself. So, oh boy. Let's <laughs> let's make that a thing. Um <laughs> All right, here we go. This is Two Face Part Two. Part Two. Part Two. Falia Two. Two Face Part Two. By the way, you know what I hope the sequel to the Batman is called? What? The Batman Two. Me too. I'm tired. I, I'm sick of. I'm these, tired I'm of these of it. clever. Side I hope it's subtitles. not like the Batman City of Shadows. Oh, the Batman no. joke is wild. I just hope it's called <laughs> the Batman Two. Give me the Batman Two. I want the oh, article Batman Two, not Roman numerals Number Two. Arabic numeral two. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't even try to joke around. We used to have sequels. Batman was the first jerk to do this nonsense. Was it? Batman Returns. Batman Forever. I Batman like, and Robin. I think you're right. I also remember an early one was Terminator Two Judgment Day, but at least they still called it Terminator T2. Two. Yeah, T two. Yeah, it gave yeah. it a, it gave it a subtitle because James Cameron is a uh, a pretentious genius yeah, and no, a visionary. Yeah, that's, that's that's right. He also made Avatar. So um, wow, I'm, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm wow. Com coming out swinging. Wow, they're seeing Big Bad Mike. Big Bad Mike. All right, so uh, so right. yeah, let's just call it. Please call it the Batman Two. Please, Matt Reeves, please. If you listen to this, please. We get our theme song, full intro. We get a previously on segment, which yeah. we've never had before. Previously on X-Men. And they show like the big moments from the previous episode. Again, for a long time, I think the previously on was all I had ever seen of part one. Yeah. So I was very intrigued by it. And it is scary. Yes. Like the moments they choose, you're like, fuck, mm -hmm. what's going on? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you see him in the hospital gown. He turns to the camera and you see the horror that is Two-Face's new face. Face. 
We get our title card, which is the exact same title card as part one. Um, it just says Two Face Part Two. Disappointing. <laughs> and in part one, it actually didn't even say part one. It just said no, Two Face. So um, I thought there was a missed opportunity yeah. here because that statue that's half in shadow. I thought you could have reversed the shadow on that yes, or done something like that. Well, you should have, you creative people out there. I know. That Why did you take the easy way? A out? little more clever, but you know what? It's still such a beautiful title Very card. Good. And again, Two Face's theme is so sad so good. and haunting. I appreciated just another moment to listen to it yep. as we get our director which is again kevin altieri and written by randy rogel um and hey great job guys yeah all really right our stuff. first scene the numbers 222 which is my lucky number actually 222 yeah it's my birthday february yeah. 22nd yeah 222 yeah, we see 222 Wait a second then last year might have been i mean 22222 my birthday was on the palindrome yeah yeah. That's pretty great. It was February 22nd, 2022. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was real neat. You and Two-Face would have kidnapped me. Yeah, and probably killed you. And killed me. Yeah, but that's okay. We would have flipped for it. Yeah, yeah, we would have seen. All right. We see two tw- 222 on our... Fuck, man. We see 222 on our brass plaque. We see eyes peering out into the street. And we, we, of course, now know this must be some kind of a hideout. The camera pans over the scene. We see these two thugs who I can only describe as like if Howdy Doody had grown to adulthood. Yes. Or or Ron Howard yes. had a twin brother and they both turned to criminal life. Yes. Okay. These thugs, by the way, we know are called Min and Max. Mm-hmm. They're also in the comics. Yes. They don't look quite like that. No. Uh, at least as far as I know. But these are Two-Face's goons. So they pull up in this sort of sleek gangster car inexplicably they are voiced by mickey dolan's from the monkeys yep that's really a thing that is happening Just hilarious hilarious um and again i was appreciative that we now have again themed thugs in the show yeah i like because, that because yeah for the most part we've had like generic gangsters yeah. occasionally you'll get someone that pops like scarface or the driller yeah um from pov but the only themed thugs we've seen so far was the joker's guys in last yes. laugh Yes. They had, like, sort of the clown masks from the Big Bang Hat heist in the Dark Knight, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was cool. I like that. Um, so these are our only other theme villains so far, where we have, of course, this idea of double trouble, that Two-Face is using two twins as his main thugs. Uh, so it's nice to see this uh, theme thug trend continue. Um, they pull up in a car. We know Two-Face is in the back seat, and they arrive at uh, what we come to learn is Rupert Thorne's bookie joint. Yes. So in the backseat, Two-Face is bathed in shadow, but we can already tell he's wearing that trademark half-black, half-black, uh, half-black, half-white suit yeah. with that split-color tie, and his signature coin is in his hand. Uh, and we see that the, the coin has two-headed sides, right? So it's got the good-head side and the bad-head side. And to quote Two-Face, good-heads, we leave him alone. Bad-heads, we hit him hard. <laughs> yep. uh, the coin flips... As he speaks, um, and uh, we uh, get that oh-so-satisfying swooshing sound. The flip, yeah. As it lands bad head side up, which as a kid you're thrilled to see because it's like awesome, oh, badass shit's about to happen beat now. up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we move right on to the inside of the bookie joint uh, where we see men going to like the teller's counter of what's probably like a betting establishment. We see some like artwork of like horse racing in the background. So standard like underworld gambling den. Yeah, the, right? ri- the ripping off Tommy Shelby. <laughs> exactly. Oi! Oi! Billy Kimber! I run the races! I run the races! And you fix one of them, have you shot up against a post? Oh, Billy Kimber! Billy Kimber, this is now... Hi, this is the uh, Peaky Blinders podcast yeah, with we, Jordan, what Hugh, are we and Mike call, What is the Peaky Blinders podcast called? The Peaky Blindtasticast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a catchy name. They'll all love it. Yes. Try. We're not being too clever. Uh, there's a knock on the door of the gambling hall, and then Min and Max just burst in with Tommy guns. Um... They get their everybody down. I said down. Uh, I think it's Min. You can't tell them apart. I don't know. I'm going to say Min fires his Tommy gun into the air. And then Two-Face appears behind him. And just you get a grand entrance. Because yeah. it's the first time we see him not only with the face, but also with the suit. Don't bother to adjust the picture. For the next five minutes, I'm in control. Get the money. Which is the exact same line from Dog Day Afternoon. Yep. yep. That's, that's literally line, word for word Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, so yeah, Min and Max kind of start to loot the joint, um, and Max finds, or I think it's Max, who knows, one of them finds a crate with a couple hundred silver dollars, the kind of thing you would only put into a show or a movie if you were going to use it later. So we're going to call that, uh, Chekhov's couple hundred silver dollars. of course. Um, so yeah, 
Uh, Min cracks open this, like, fat safe. You see cash in there, money bags, gold bars. Uh, but he spies a diamond ring on uh, the finger of, like, a nearby... Could be a teller, could be a customer. And when he goes to take it, Two-Face interrupts him. Jewelry wasn't part of the plan. You gotta flip for it. And it comes up good side, and then Two-Face orders him to leave the yeah. ring behind. So wild. And being, like, gangsters, they're like... They give him a hard time, and then he slaps them hard, yeah. like they're bitches. Yeah, that's right. And he says, I said, leave it. <laughs> and then uh, Min and Max, of course, flee with the money. This is, again, we saw this with the Scarecrow episode, Nothing to Fear, yeah. where the, the freak in charge of the gangsters is, like, not in this for the money. No, no. Right? Scarecrow wanted to, like, burn the cash yeah. or something like that. And... Um, it's about the message. Same thing here. It's about the message. He wants to stick it to Rupert Thorne. Yeah, he's not a, he's not about robbing like the regular yeah, people who no, work here. No, no. He wants to rob or, the bank so he can screw over Thorne. Exactly. Um, and again, even though it's psychotic, it's a little noble that yeah. he's like, no, don't touch. I mean, it, it's crazy the way he does it. Yes. But he's like, yeah, don't don't touch that guy. Leave him alone. Yeah. At least let's flip for it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, What's the yeah. most you've ever lost in a contest? <laughs> oh, boy. That would be a cool reinterpretation of Two Face. Combine him with Chigurh. Dude, imagine if that's a good casting. That's too. good. Javier would be an amazing Harvey. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding either. He's really good. And also, if you look at him as more of a, more of a physical presence, yeah. Javier would be a really yeah. good Two Face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he could do anything. Um, so, uh, Minimax flee with the money. Two Face asks the crowd to give Rupert Thorne a message for him, and then he uses this Tommy gun. He just shoots up the joint, notably yeah. taking out the TV screens. We get a transition to Rupert Thorne's fat fist pounding on the headlines, <laughs> reporting on Two Face's wave of armed robberies. And he rages in his office, asking how much he's been taken for this time. Candace is back, our hot little uh, cartoon henchwoman. Uh, she reports 200,000. Uh, notable number because again it's 200,000 so we're getting a little bit on theme here uh, Frankie says I thought we got rid of this guy uh, Candace says are you kidding we created him so at least they're aware Yes, they they know they're responsible Yep. and we learned from Thorne that this wave of armed robberies has been going on for about 6 months or ha 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 half, half. a year Yep. Um, this is the first time in the show that we have ever been given passage of time like this yes we kind of, between episodes, do not have any idea how much time has passed. No. Batman could have gone away to China for five years. Yeah. We wouldn't know. We, we wouldn't know. This is the first time on the show they've said, you know, it's, it's been six months. So That's at least since... trains with Ra's al Ghul. Right. So we don't know what's been going on in the city other than, okay, there's a crime wave and two faces behind it. Yeah. Um, Thorne wants word to spread that he's putting out a contract on Dent or on Two-Face. He says, one million, no, make it two million, oh, a million dollars a face to the man who brings me two face. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a funny line. Thorne will ev eventually have the line of the episode, oh, of but I'm going to make you all wait for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 we got to wait. Uh, next, we get this exterior shot of an industrial plant, Harvey Dent, uh, looking very off the model here. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say a big fuck you to this animation studio, which I realized, uh, I, I forget the name already, but this is not the same animation studio as did part one. No. So it mostly looks good, but you'll have some moments that look rubbery yeah. or sort of off the model. Very almost like Looney Tooney. Sometimes, uh, especially with Two-Face, especially yes. with like Dent's face. Um, we get, again, yep, Harvey Dent. He is running through the streets in what is, I, I would say, clearly a dream sequence. Batman's there, Harvey, he shouts, and Harvey is sweating, sweating, sweating the Harry Osborne sweat, and he's, he's running from the voice until he realizes that he's on this rickety suspension bridge, which is suspended across two skyscrapers, yeah. and Batman begs to help him. And we, the viewer, now have a pretty good idea that, of course, we're in Bruce's yeah, dream, in Bruce's and, dream, and probably not Two-Face's dream. Harvey confronts him as the bridge is collapsing. You should have been able to help me, but you didn't. Now look at me. And he reveals this transformation into Two-Face. And as Batman pleads with Harvey, the rope snaps, the bridge collapses, and Harvey falls into this hellish red pit, screaming, why couldn't you save me? And Batman looks down, but the pit is gone. And, oh my God, instead yeah. of the pit, there's a middle-aged couple oh in an alley under a street lamp. And it's Thomas and Martha Wayne. And Thomas Wayne looks up and says, why couldn't you save us, son? And this is the first time we've really had any time to confront Batman's guilt over his parents' death since Nothing to Fear. Yeah. it's the, it, They're laying it on thick. Like, Bruce was a kid. 
when his parents were killed. Like, he's being a little hard on himself. He's being really hard on himself. Well, you know what? That's his whole life is being hard on himself for that event, right? Um, But really a cool parallel because this is the first... We could call it a loss. Yeah. This is the first loss he's really experienced in his life since his parents, where he feels like, oh, my parents are gone. Now my best friend is gone, and I feel like I either had a hand in both or I was there for both yeah. and I couldn't do anything to stop it. So that yeah. helplessness is made uh, less abstract and more physical in this dream sequence. You're right. Uh, Batman wakes up. He's sweating. He's gasping for air. This is all meant to be a parallel to Harvey's dream yes. from part one. Yes. In fact, I thought it might have even been better if they would have opened the episode with this yeah. because that's what they did in part one. But perfect parallel. You know what? Uh, you don't need it to be. We got it. Uh, it was Definitely. still very, very good. Uh, this is where we realize he's actually sitting in the Bat Cave at the Bat Computer, and he has all these psychology books open. And as I mentioned earlier, notably, one book is turned open to Chapter Five: Multiple Personalities. Yes. And Bruce gazes at Two Face's picture. And what's funny is that Batman is not wearing the Batman cowl and cape. He's just sitting there as Bruce Wayne right now. But he uses Batman's voice. Mm-hmm. So what are you dreaming tonight, Harvey? Peaceful dreams, nightmares, maybe both at once. Sleep well, my friend, wherever you are. Whatever you've become, I will save you. I swear. It's really great writing. It's delivered beautifully by Conroy, and it lends credibility yeah. to this idea that he's really Batman Yes. Uh, when he's at rest, which yes. we haven't gotten to see a lot of, which is just like when we've seen Bruce, he's using kind of the jolly oh, sort of Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne voice. Not here. No. Here it's Bruce Wayne sitting in like Bruce's basically like pajamas, his smoking jacket, but he's using the Batman voice. And again, we're in this episode, it can't be a coincidence, where there's this question of duality. When Batman fights Two-Face, he must always confront these issues of alter ego, of duality. And Mm -hmm. here we we see this commentary in that, like, oh, he is always Batman. So there's really something to that. We get a gorgeous transition from Bruce holding the picture of Two-Face to Grace. Uh, I guess we could say Harvey Dent's ex-fiance holding the picture up of Harvey. And she's crying. We can still see that six months on, she's very, very affected by his... Uh, quote-unquote loss she's missing him we are now in her apartment she's weeping a teardrop uh, falls on Harvey's picture yes notably on what would be the damaged left side of his face there's a knock on her door from the police oh what we think is the police there are two officers Uh one one in uniform and one identifying herself as detective Leopold but we, the audience, clearly notice that that is Candace. Candy's back. She's back. Candy's back. Candace in disguise. She's like wearing glasses and a bun. Uh-oh. Um, then we get a quick cut. Some time has passed. Both these women are having coffee. And Candace, who is again disguised as Detective Leopold, says, so unless we can get to Harvey before Thorne does, he won't stand much of a chance. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Candace is mining Grace for information. Uh, but Grace confesses she hasn't seen Harvey since the hospital. She doesn't even know where he is. Candace gives her an anachronistic beeper. Yep, the beeper. A, a pager. What year is it? 90, well, it is 92 outside of the show. Right, in case Harvey tries to see her, right? Or make she a wants drug to deal. be contacted. Right, or make a drug deal. Um, or to text her boobs, yeah. written in all numbers. Yes, that's um, what people do with beepers. Right. Uh, she takes her hand. She actually places the beeper into uh, Grace's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside in the car, Candace takes off her disguise. Uh, she's again with the uniformed officer, who might be Frankie, actually. Yeah, probably. And uh, claims that all they have to do now is wait. She's going to bet that Harvey will make contact. She says they always come back. Maybe for you, hon. Candace yeah. is Candace is pretty hot. Um, but she's, she ends up being right, of course. Um, the car drives off. And actually, at the same time, Two-Face's car is going the other way, the same car we saw earlier, this kind of like champagne-colored, looks like a Rolls-Royce or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two-Face rolls down his window. He gazes longingly up at Grace's apartment window before rolling his own window back up, and then there's this fade to black. So Commercial. Yeah, it's a commercial break. Candace is clearly right. Yes. She knows that he's pining for Grace, so this is going to work out. Yes. Um, we already feel that as the viewer that like this is this, this is this there's is some the, merit. This is a plan. We get Two Faces hideout. Two Faces hideout from Batman Forever is so unforgettable that that's kind of what you always want. Yeah, but but no. Two Faces hideout in this episode is like kind of very not theatrical. It's kind of simple. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of like stark, sad looking hideout. Um, he's counting out money for Min and Max, giving them their share, mm-hmm. and he prevents Max from taking the money. 
And he says, yeah. you always were a couple of greedy little beggars, even when I prosecuted you as DA. Um, <laughs> I, not really a necessary All piece right. of dialogue. Maybe recapping who he is for the kids. I yeah, don't know. just be like, I was the DA until I was, I was DA, disgraced me. And, and, and defaced. Why'd you come for me? Why'd you come for me? Uh, Two-Face opens up his wallet. He stares sadly at the picture of Harvey and Grace. What are you looking at? <laughs> Max suggests uh, Max suggests if he misses Grace, he should go see her, or they can bring her to him. Harvey seems to consider this. Two-Face flips his coin. Nope. nope, no good. Bad heads up. Forget it. We have more important things to do. I've decided it's time to finish Thorn once and for all. So Two-Face wants to do to Thorn exactly what he did to him yep two-face flips the coin again as we transition and the coin is midair i'm going to pause here and i'm going to include a spoiler for later in this episode anyone would assume that what two-face wants to do to thorn is to put him into acid halfway yeah and turn him into a monster too yeah no, no. it's actually much more like heroic than that yeah he wants to expose Thorn for being who he is using a stolen file. Yes, and also expose everyone who's associated with Thorn. Right. All of the polit- polit- politicians and all of the all of the people of power who also rely on Thorn. Yeah, so kind of not necessarily a bad thing. No, we'll get more into that in a second. More anti-hero than bad. More anti-hero than bad. Yeah. I agree. Back at the Batcave. Hey, Alfred! Remember hey, Alfred? Alfred's back. <laughs> Alfred's back. Alfred and Batman notice an easy pattern for Two-Face's crime wave. Club 22. Yep. Gemini Jewelers. Yep. The Two's Company Cafe. Yep. Uh, Alfred is, of course, concerned for the well-being of the Second National Bank, <laughs> which is funny because actually I think that is what Two-Face is robbing yeah. in the beginning of Batman yeah, yeah, Forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Batman tells him it's not a likely target because all of these places, Club 22, etc., these are all uh, Thorne's fronts, front businesses that right. Rupert Thorne happens to own. It's a little convenient, yeah, but it's we're going to let it slide. Uh, we, like, what are the odds that this one guy owns all these two-themed businesses and he's not Two-Face? But you know what? To their credit, early Two-Face comics, that's kind of what he did. Yep. It's like when the Mad Hatter did nothing but steal hats or yeah. all the Penguin's crimes were bird-related in some way. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's part of it. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, but yeah, now Two-Face has used up all of Thorne's places, so Batman correctly guesses that Two-Face wants Thorne out of the way for good. Yeah. So he climbs on the Bat-Cycle. Fuck yeah, Bat-Cycle. Yeah, Bat-Cycle's back, baby. It's badass. And Alfred reminds Batman that Harvey is no longer the fellow that they knew. Bruce says, or Batman says, I still feel that somewhere inside that monster is my old friend. Alfred quips very intelligently. That may make him even more dangerous. Yeah. The bat cycle races off past the hall of antique cars. I like the bat helmet. It kind of looks like the Batman vs Superman bat helmet that it does. That he wears, but uh, it does. It better. makes him look like a thumb. Yeah, also. a little bit like a thumb. <laughs> he like, makes, it makes him look more like Lego Batman. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit. We get a, a little bat cycle sequence through the uh, flip bridge in the cave. You all, you all know what we, I mean when I say we flip we're bridge. About, yeah. And he goes down the rocky road from Wayne Manor. Yeah. Delicious. Uh, I heard there's marshmallows and peanuts there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This one's a stretch. We get an exterior shot of a skyscraper <laughs> and the lawyer's name, The because Two-Face and Min and Max are robbing a law office. The lawyer's name is E. Doubleday. Yeah. Attorney at law. A bit much. It's okay. We're getting, we're uh, getting there. Two-Face, Min, and Max, they've broken into this lawyer's office looking for files on Rupert Thorne. You hear Two-Face say, money laundering, payoffs, blackmail. It's all here. Two-Face laments that he had tried to subpoena these files for years. And I remark here that, funny enough, even as Two-Face, Dent is still trying yeah. to do his job as DA. Yeah, like he's still trying to clean up Gotham, but doing so with crime. Yeah, it's it's hard to dislike Two Face. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty good in this episode. Yeah, like pretty like just chaotic good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Face's plan seems to be that he wants to destroy Thorn with the files, the way that Thorn destroyed Dent with his. Yes, and that's what I was kind of talking about earlier. Yeah. I thought he was going to want to like disfigure Thorn no, in no, some no, way, no. but actually, that's not. He's interested in justice still. Well, I mean, he's still, not revenge. He's still a DA, and he's still uh, like he's still an ex DA and and a lawyer. Sure, but again, I think that's so important with this character is that it's about the justice. Yeah. It's not about the revenge. No, no. so it, he is different from let's say Jonathan Crane, yeah. whose crime is really petty. Yeah, 
uh, you fired me, so now I'm going to, like, I don't know, burn down Gotham <laughs> University, right? Or crash a blimp into everything, right? Just some faces like, this criminal tried to get me, so I'm going to get him back. Right. So suddenly Batman appears. Yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like you do. Yeah. Max gasps. It's this great shot. Batman's kind of up against the office light. Um, he grabs the thug's weapon and then breaks his hand. Yep. Uh, Batman confronts Two-Face, tells him he wants to help him. And Two-Face doesn't know that Bruce is Batman, so he's like, you don't know anything about me. <laughs> oh, no. Right. It's almost like Batman forgot. Like, oh, yeah, right, because it's yeah. the other personality. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because they're both the other version of themselves. Yes. Right? Because yes, yes, yes. Bruce and Harvey know each other, but Batman and Two-Face are strangers. Um, Harvey's friends are no friends of mine, rails Two-Face, wielding a heavy desk lamp as a I weapon. Know. Just like, dude, this guy. I forgot the Two-Face is like a fucking beast. Yeah, he's like just super strong. You do not think of him as a physical presence. And no. like, I feel like in most like video games or card games, like they never represent that Two-Face is a physically strong character. Yeah. But it's usually just about like, oh, he wields a gun. Yeah, and he shoots people. And he has like a coin flipping gimmick. But yeah. Fucking Big Bad Harv, man. Big Bad Harv, dude. He's coming house. at you. He, throws, he like literally throws people around. He throws people. Uh, Batman says, what about Grace? And the name briefly turns Two-Face back to a sentimental man. Batman tells Two-Face that she keeps his picture. She waits and prays. She wants you back. And then the other thug comes in, whether that's Min or Max, it doesn't matter. And Batman uh, is, is still there, and the thug is sort of dumbfounded. Two-Face takes this opportunity, this moment of distraction, to knock down Batman. Yeah. He just just takes his two fists and just clubs Batman yeah, with him, like Hulk smashes him. The, the double axe handle. Yeah, exactly. Double axe handles Batman and knocks him down. Um, Batman does ultimately catch up to Two Face, but Harvey is too physically formidable for him. And get this, yeah. I think this is the first time we've really had it like this. He knocks Batman unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Batman gets as Two Face. Out. As Two Face. Two Face knocks Batman yeah. unconscious. Yeah. Can we like think about that for a second? It's wild. Batman has gotten away from Bane, from Killer Croc, from Clayface, Man from Bat. Man Bat, right? But Two Face, a guy. Yeah. Just <laughs> right? a guy. Just knocks him out. Uh, time passes. Yeah, we get the commercial break here. Batman is found by the janitor and uh, realizes that uh, in the tussle uh, that he has recovered a matchbook from the, I think the, the club is called the Deuces Wild. I actually like this scene with the janitor. Because it is a the nice janitor, scene. Like, it's like one of the first times in the show that Batman interacts with like a regular citizen, and the guy just talks to him like he's always, hey, Batman, how you doing? I'm a janitor. Right, yeah. You know, that's so true. We actually don't really know what Gotham's opinion yeah, is of like, Batman to even this, know. He's like, hey, Batman, are you all right? And like Batman's like, I'm fine. I need to leave. It is sweet. We also put up this idea that Batman is hurt. Yes. Um, yes. He's sustained some kind of injury from being hit. Uh, I think it, maybe his ribs are broken. I something think, like I that. I think he's definitely got a broken rib yeah. for sure. Next, we're in Two-Face's car. Min and Max are delighted with the Thorn file, commenting that the police will have a field day with yep. Thorn's like, Swiss bank accounts. So we're actually right on the verge of getting some fucking justice. Yeah. But then Two-Face, oh, no. I love this moment, though. Yeah. He spots a display window featuring a couple on their wedding day. And the text on the window reads, and the two shall become one. Ugh. Very nice. Heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. Two-Face imagines Grace's face on the bride. We actually see it up mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And then Two-Face's kind of serene and haunting theme starts to play again. Stop the car, he yells. He flips his coin. And we don't need to see the result because we know Maybe. it's in the transition. Yeah. Next scene, Grace's phone rings. She answers, and she hears Harvey's voice on the other end, and she affirms that she wants to see him again. He alerts her attention to the car waiting outside. Again, that champagne-colored, possibly a Rolls-Royce. Uh, Grace finds the pager. She's holding it in her hand, seemingly weighing her options. Like, do I contact the police about this? Um, she says, Harvey, you know that no matter what, I love you. He says, I'll see you soon. And we get a final shot on the pager. We know, of course, that she will contact them. Yeah. I guess she's hoping to get him the help he needs yes. to be normal again, but it really sucks that yeah. she did this. Yeah, it's it ends up being very bad. Right. Uh, we get a quick cut to Thorne's office. He did what? And Thorne rips the phone out of the wall. He tosses it. He knows that if Dent gets those uh, lawyer's files to the police that he, Thorne, is ruined. Uh, but Candace's device starts beeping. So, oh, Grace is paging her. She's delighted. She tells Rupee <laughs> to bring his hat and checkbook, right? Because it just might be his lucky night. Robot house! <laughs> <laughs> we had an exterior shot of the Wild Deuce Club. 
Uh, Two Faces champagne colored car pulls up. It's pouring rain. It's great cinematic sequence here. Really good stuff. Min and Max help Grace out of the car with an umbrella. And Grace gasps when she walks through the foyer and into the main club itself. She sees Harvey with a sheet over half of his face. Very sort of Phantom of the Opera-esque. Yeah. Uh, She calls out Harvey. He says, my name is Two-Face now. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's 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 good. And again, his hideout is not that theatrical. It just seems like the lights are not on for half of it. Um, yeah. It's a little bit more dressed up on one side. I kind of wanted the Schumacher here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you had six months, man. Yeah. Just move in. Just make it. But no, it's mostly like casino stuff in yeah. here. Which I, is actually a cool theme for Two-Face. Oh, it's a great theme for him because there is such a luck thing. You right. Know? So this is like a local casino, I guess. A casino sort of nightclub. Yeah. He says... This is my world now. A dichotomy of order and chaos, just like me. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> he's uh he's 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 going for it. In in I, I don't know, a lesser actor would have really tried to ham that up. I yeah. think he he delivers it pretty well. Yeah. Uh Grace tries to talk to him about his feelings, but he explains that he only listens to the coin now. Chance, Grace. Chance is everything. Whether you're born or not, whether you live or die, whether you're good or bad, it's all arbitrary. <laughs> She, uh, I mean, it's, I, I kind of agree with him. Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> what does that say about I don't me? Know. It's probably, you know. I don't know. We might, not, we, we might need to have a conversation. I about think, that. yeah. After this episode, I yeah. need help. Mike. I need, can we? Can you please help me? <laughs> please help me. Help me um, so much. She tries to convince him that that's nonsense. That he doesn't need the coin or the sheet on his face. That he doesn't need to hide from her. She pulls off the mask, and he closes his eyes, taking a deep breath. It's actually a very sweet, vulnerable moment from Two-Face. And he opens his eyes. She tells him that she loves him. And this moment might have worked in terms of bringing him a step towards rehabilitation. But unfortunately, Thorn walks in right at that moment. And the way Min and Max drop, it looks like they've just been killed. Yeah. I'm sure they're just unconscious because animated series yeah. for children. But it... If this were the film, that's the moment where you reveal that, like, yep, they've been stabbed in the back, and Thorn is here. So yes. Two-Face is now alone. Yes. Uh, with just him and Grace, and he has no help. Line of the episode, Thorn has, at last we meet face to face to face. It's, it's real good. Uh, that's why he's the boss. Yep, that's why he's the boss. That's he's why got, Rupert Thorn is the crime boss of Gotham. Yeah, that's right. He's got the he's got all the, the one-liners, <laughs> man. That's what you need. Um, Grace sees Candace and sees that Candace is, you know, Thorne's henchwoman. She realizes what has occurred, that Detective Leopold was just a cover. Um, and Candace reveals Grace's unintended betrayal. Uh, surprisingly, Thorne, in a moment of strange magnanimousness, yeah. uh, clarifies she wanted to save you. Uh, and Two-Face kind of understands what happened, but he still pushes Grace aside. Yeah. So he feels the betrayal. Weirdly, Thorne takes some of the sting away by saying, she didn't betray you on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, Thorne just wants, he wants to go after Harvey. He doesn't want Harvey to, you know, I guess hurt Grace, maybe? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, it's like a weirdly humane moment. Yeah. Or, I don't, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, outside the storm rages, lightning strikes, Batman on the bat cycle, he's speeding towards the club, he parks outside with a squeak. Um, his ribs are still really hurting from him from this earlier fight oh. with Two-Face. Yeah, is this the first time we've seen Batman with a nagging injury? It is. I think so. It is. Just... I wish it came back through the series, but it doesn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, a broken rib you can heal in a few weeks, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, this humanizes Batman. Yeah. Right? And we need that sometimes for Batman. And remember that, yeah, Batman's really good at everything. He's got the prep time. He's got all the gadgets. But sometimes Batman will just he'll break his arm. It'll happen. Yeah. Well, I, I like it when heroes get hurt. Yeah. Uh, again, you and I both grew up reading Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man gets the shit beat out of all him the time. all the time. All the time. And it's compelling because he has to work through that. Yeah. And he has to overcome that adversity. It's part of the issue with Superman where it becomes yeah. a little less compelling because the guy is basically invulnerable. Yeah. Um, and only certain villains can get through that. Batman, similar to Spider-Man, he's more physically formidable than Spider-Man is even though he doesn't have powers. Yeah. But when he gets hurt, you're like, fuck, how's he getting out of this? And a lot of compelling narratives are based on his injury. Yeah, Batman's hurt. And I like his vulnerability here. Me too. I like that he's not top form Batman no. in this. He has to think his way through yeah, the end of this encounter. Mm-hmm. Back inside, one of Thorne's thugs um, has found the, the Chekhov's box, box of coins. Um, they're searching for the file on Thorne, but they can't find it. So, of course, Thorne threatens Grace, wanting the file. Two-Face is outnumbered. He's pinned, so he relents. 
He goes to the roulette table, he pops it open, and the file is hidden beneath it. So he hands it over to Thorn. So he, he yeah. complied. But of course, Thorn, being a fucking awful, horrible person, uh, orders his goons to kill Two Face and Grace Ugh. anyway. But you said. Luckily, Batman intervenes. Batman! Two Face and Batman then take on Thorn and his goons. And Thorn gets trapped by the classic chandelier drop I love from the it. ceiling. I love it. You gotta love uh, it. And the chandelier, of course, is hollow in the center. Yep. So big fat Thorn is just stuck in the chandelier. I can't get out. Uh, Batman's still injured. He's having a hard time just with standard goons. Which is which is great. It's cool to see. Luckily, Two-Face is just a badass motherfucker. Yep. Again, just physically formidable, at least in this appearance. And then, of course, Grace fights Candace for a little bit of girl on girl. Oh, <laughs> been around the station a few times. <laughs> and they don't even really fight. They do some hair pulling yeah, and shit. And yeah. then uh, Candace ends up like upside down with like a shoe missing and a yeah. potted plant or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's just an incredibly sexist fight. Yep. Um, Two-Face spots a drop machine gun. He picks it up, hoping to finally waste Thorn because the guy's still trapped in the chandelier. Yeah. Thorn begs for his life. Um, so at least he gets humiliated. Maybe yeah. he feels a little bit of the vulnerability yeah. that Harvey wants him to feel. Yes. And Grace and Batman try to intervene. They're still trying to protect Harvey's humanity. Of course, so they, don't trying... want, they don't want to lose him completely. Right. They're trying to convince him not to kill Thorn. Two-Face says he'll leave it up to the law of averages, the great equalizer. He, of course, means the coin. Yeah. He flips it into the air. We get the beautiful swooshing sound. The injured Batman having to use his wits because he can't use his body. Uh, he tosses the box of coins into the air, and Harvey has... what? Do, how do I even describe this? He has a complete existential meltdown. He, yeah, he has a complete nervous breakdown. He The, the noises he makes yeah. are so... That's a really good voice acting performance. Yes. That's Richard Mall doing yeah. this, and... So good. It's the best voice acting. It's just, he sounds like a wounded animal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, dude, why can you just pick any other coin? No, it has to be that, that one. Coin. It had to be that coin toss. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is this is how they beat Two-Face in Batman Forever. That's what I was going to say. So Batman Forever, they do the same thing where they just... But in that one, they're just carrying the coins yeah. around with them. <laughs> so it's like, are you just carrying a sack of coins around with you in case Two-Face shows up? Yeah, and you totally built. Um, yeah, so, you know, symbolically, this is kind of Batman trying to say, like, you can't rely on no. a, a world that's going to be a dichotomy, right? Yeah. The, the world is multiple choice. Yes. And that is just how it is. That's it. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, Harvey screams bloody murder. He's literally broken. He's, he's weeping on the floor. Yeah, he's a broken man. At the end of the scene, crying on the floor. Grace, like, collects him, but it's kind of too late. Um, we get into our final scene. Outside the club, the rain has stopped. Mm -hmm. Gordon is back, and the cops are leading everyone off to jail. So I guess no one died. Of course not. Um, Two-Face is die? notably not being escorted to jail. He's being escorted by a man in a white jacket, which we know yeah. to be an Arkham Asylum Arkham. orderly. Um and Gordon asks Batman if he thinks there's any hope. And I, I love this Batman line. He says, where there's love, there's hope, Commissioner. Mm -hmm. And Batman walks to the fountain, and he drops in Harvey's coin. Yes. And he flips it. But a little luck wouldn't hurt for you, Harvey. And we see the coin land, and it's good head side up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a sweet ending. It's very sad, it but is. also... Nobody really wins nope. in this episode. Nope. Thorn is arrested, but we know he's not really brought to justice. Nope. No one effectively prosecutes him. Yep. Um, Two-Face's life is ruined. Yep. Um, he is not going to rehabilitate because we know for a fact that Arkham is an institutional failure. Yeah. No one actually ever gets rehabilitated at Arkham. Uh, Harvey's Harvey's basically lost. Yeah, it, it's a sweet lost. moment from Batman at the end, but but even even then, Harvey's lost. Ba Batman, Bruce Wayne do not succeed. Grace does not succeed. Harvey Dent doesn't succeed. This is an episode of losers. Yeah, everyone loses in this episode, and it's just it's it's just a shame. I agree. This this episode, the ending is. Uh, I was gonna say Batman tosses the coin into the fountain. It comes up heads, but. It feels yeah. disingenuous to me. Yeah. yeah. This feels like a Tails ending. Yeah. This yeah, was yeah, like yeah. Tails, everybody loses. Yep. Yep. I'm not sure who wins here. It's like, okay, if the series ended here, yeah. it's like maybe you could say, well, maybe Two-Face got the help he needed. Yeah, maybe, maybe someone after Rupert maybe, Thorne. But we know maybe. those things aren't true. No. And we know that Rupert Thorne will be in the next episode. So <laughs> He's in the very next episode. So, yeah. Uh, Mike, your closing thoughts on Two-Face Part 2. I really like it. It's it's emotionally pretty heavy. Uh, it does tie things up with Two-Face nicely, and it also leaves you in a spot where it's like, what are we going to see next from him? So I really like that about this episode. Yeah, it's um, it's really melancholy. It is a really... Oh, yeah. 
it is a really sad oh, ending. Yeah. It reminds me of some of those old gangster movies where like the main gangster, the hero, would basically be dead at the end. Yep. Because that's kind of what was required of those stories. Yep. And Two Face isn't killed at the end of this, but it's sort of like he might yeah, as well be. Like Harvey Dent is gone. It's a fate it's a fate as good as bad as death, really. Right. Yeah. And as we know from like the rest of the series, Harvey Dent never comes back. There no. are some uh there are some issues of the comics. Yeah. Where Harvey gets his scars repaired. Yeah. Uh, I know Hush is one of those mm-hmm. stories or whatever, but he always ends up reverting. Yep. And it's it comes back to what's in part one, which is that the part of him that is sick, yeah. the personality that lives inside yeah. of him, this this big bad Harv thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's him. That's him. That's, the, that's him. That's who he really is. Yes. And there's just, there seems to be no healing him. No. And I don't... Uh, many stories tried to do it. He's he's definitely a character based on redemption. Yes. And the hope that you can redeem him. But I guess the idea is that you just can't. You can't. Um, and that is sad. And that's, you know... Yeah, quite. And that's why it's a great children's show. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a, a really great show good, for children. A really good sad show for kids. Right. So this I'm wondering really if, like, yeah, kids watch this on a Saturday morning. They're like, what a nice episode. Now I'm going to watch Bonkers. I want to watch, watch Bonkers the Cat. <laughs> he's a cop. Um, ranking in the series for you? Yeah, I think it's really good. I think is it's, this a top tenner for you? I don't think it's a top tenner because I think the first one's better, and that just narrowly misses the top ten. Is it? Uh, is it in your top twenty? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. It's I think my this is number twelve. Yeah, because the other one's number eleven. That's a good spot for it. For sure. Is that about the same for you? Probably. Maybe, oh wow, that's maybe, maybe top okay. fifteen. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely compare notes on our ultimately our season retrospective. Yeah, which is coming up soon. Um. Okay. So that's that's it for us on this yeah, one, man. and. It for our first two-parter episode. We'll get mm-hmm. another one of these not too far from now no. when we take on Clayface. Clayface. Um, but yeah, next time you're going to uh, hear us on an episode covering It's Never Too Late, yep. which funny enough is another Rupert, Rupert Thorne. Thorne episode. Three episodes back to back uh, to back. Yeah, and a pretty good one, one I'm excited uh, to talk about. Quite good. Maybe maybe they just needed, you know, um, John Vernon. Yeah. Maybe they're like, oh, hey, we have him for like two weeks. Let's record a bunch of episodes with him now. Yeah. Actually, one last thing before we sign off. Why do you think... So, Rupert Thorne, I believe, uh, I might be wrong. I don't think he was in the comics. I think he was created for the animated series. Mm-hmm. He might be based on someone from the comics. Or if he was in the comics, it was brief, and then his his yeah. role was expanded for the animated yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the comics, he does actually exist now, but he didn't yeah, before. Yeah, but that's true about a lot um, of stuff. Why did they go with him and not Falcone? Might have been... It might be, I don't know. It might be ethnic. Like an Italian stereotype. It might just like, yeah, we don't want to put an Italian stereotype in it. Let's just sure. make a generic gangster with a name like Thorn. Okay. You know? you know what I mean? Sure. And I guess they wanted to keep it at least continuity consistent. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't use Boss Grissom from yeah. uh, Batman 89 because yeah. he dies yeah. in Batman 89, yeah. right? So, yeah. okay, I get it. Uh, but yep, we're not. We're certainly not done with Rupert Thorne. Definitely He's going to come back a lot. Yes. All right, folks. That's it for this week. So thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Mike Staub. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it you want to support the show please give us a like or a subscribe or leave a comment or a review on the podcatcher of your choosing you can also find us on social media at batman tasticast pretty much on every platform and if you got any cool information that you want to share with us please feel free to reach out to jordan and myself via social media because we love hearing from you thanks again have a good day and we'll see you next time